We are tonight's entertainment. You can't handle the truth. The fire rises. Pizza time. You're a wizard, Harry. So it be. You know how much I sacrifice? You think that's air you're breathing? Groovy. I don't have friends. I got family. We services. Trent? What? Is it really you? You're back? I, I know. Uh, as if my contributions to this podcast weren't insignificant enough, uh, you've really, really stepped it up recently. But I'm back, baby. I'm back. Yeah, I'm always looking for a reason to just sort of slowly push Trent out of um, half of his creation, his baby, yep. if you will. Um, but you'll have visitation rights, you know? Um, that's a little divorce joke. Like it, it can be like the social network, and it'll be like, and what were his shares? What were his shares reduced down to? Percent. Um, that's all I have left. You issued thirty-two million new shares of stock. How much were his shares diluted? How much were his? Anyways, um, doesn't matter. I love, these, I love these... filmmaking. Good to see you. You're looking well. It is good to see you. Thank you. Um, you're looking well as well. Um, though I have to say, sometimes having a break between the two of us podcasting means that our relationship can really thrive, um, because we're not sort of, you know what I mean? Every time we see each other, we're, like, happy to see each other. What it means is when you came over the other night, we were hanging out with a small group, and you took me aside into the other room, and you were like, hey, Trent, good to see you, buddy. Good to see you. (laughs) Um, but if we're podcasting too frequently, that, it doesn't leave room for that sort of thing. Yeah, absence but, makes the heart grow fonder and stuff. But, exactly. But Parth, I've been wondering if you've been leaving room in terms of food, meals, breakfast, lunch, wow. dinner. Wow. Trent has really become the transition king uh, in his absence from the pod. I've been uh, growing stronger. Training. Okay. Um, I don't know what that was impression of. But I, what know, I don't eating? know either. Um, most recently so okay so i have the thing i ate most recently but the thing i ate just before that which is from yesterday is a little bit more interesting so i'll say most recently and then i'll say that uh, so most recently i had an ego waffle um okay chocolate Dude, chip did you, you just watched stranger things or something uh, uh 11 um papa um whatever uh, wait parth i haven't watched stranger things for the past like three seasons they still doing waffle bits there is that I still go to Walmart? Not, not, and there's, not from and, what I, I I I binged still seasons two and three and four kind of like all in once once four came out because Sophia was had watched two and three and was watching four and was like four is like good and I I hate to say it but like season four is pretty good but I never finished the last episode so you know I guess I can't say the whole of season four is good but like, um I'm willing to accept that. Season four is good, but I tried to watch season four, and I was like, "This, this ain't happening." Season three is where my journey ends. Mm. It seems that seemed to be where the cultural. Wait, but then you you watched hype. all of it, but season four. I thought you made it sound like you've only seen season one. Oh no, I've seen season. I mean, the pandemic allowed for mm. consumption of seasons two and three. Yeah, don't worry. But then by season four, I'm like, I've seen this exact thing happen. Many times. It, yes. Yeah. But anyway, um, so I had Eggo waffles today. But yesterday, I was watching May December, the movie with um, oh, Julianne Moore and Natalie yeah, I want to see that. The Todd Haynes. Yeah. Um, I liked it. I, um, I saw a poster and it was 
it said Ma December, and it was Octavia Spencer, and then Julianne Moore. Mm. Ma? You know? Ma? 2019? Um, Don't make me drink alone! <laughs> there we go. Um, but um, I like the movie more than friend of the show Sophia Alexis did. Um, but while I was watching it, somebody was drinking like a milkshake, I think. Um, and I was from, like, Poof. from the movie, from the movie, or they brought it in. No, it's on Netflix. Oh, someone was drinking it oh, in no. the movie. In the movie, someone was drinking a milkshake, and I, I was watching it at home. Um, I Is it I also like, playing in theaters? Uh, maybe like select theaters, but I know Netflix. Like, I think bought it for distribution. Yeah. But like there, um, there you go. But somebody was drinking a milkshake in the movie, and I was like, hmm, I'd love a vanilla milkshake. It's too bad I can't have one. And then I went, wait, I have vanilla ice cream and milk. There's literally no reason I can't have one. And I was like, I, I got the the ingredients, the two, and my blender that I brought with me from college and blended it all up into like a little drink and got a straw, and then I was like, mmm, this tastes good. Man, I'm a little hungry. I wish I had wow. some pizza rolls. And I went, wait, I do have got pizza rolls. Got those, too. Got those, and then too. I, so I went, heated up six pizza rolls, and had my drink, and watched a movie at, like, at like 11.30 at night. And I, I was, I, let me tell you, Trent, I've been really stressed and unhappy the last few weeks, but I was, I was content. I was, that's exactly uh, I was, exactly I was what calm. you needed. Yeah, it's funny you bring up milkshakes because that sort of ties into my story too. And so let's set the scene. Uh, I was mm. sick or very still sort of recovering, but I got Jordan sick, and she was laying in bed last night. And when she's sick more than usual, she can get like anything she wants from me. You know, more so than usual. Be- so being in a relationship <clears throat> can be sometimes. And she was like, she "I really she want a milkshake." To this. And I was like, you really want a milkshake? Or she said, I really want a milkshake. And I was like, great, we have milk. We have ice cream. My line of thinking was similar to where yours was. And I said, we have vanilla and we have mint chocolate chip. There's a lot of latitude there. What what would you like? And she said, no, let's go to Wendy's. I want a peppermint frosty. A frosty? Mm. Now it's $1, but the $1 really, you know, it hurts when you have the ingredients at home. I don't, it is not $1. It's $2. How much is it? $3? I think like $3, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, But she said- You've gone up said, since my day. So I pride myself on making smoothies and uh, and milkshakes. You've heard me drink a lot of smoothies over the years. And yes. she said, Trent, to be honest, I like your smoothies, but your milkshakes just aren't it. And I said, oh, wow. What a, I said, what about What a horrible them? thing to say. I said, what about them isn't working for you? You know, trying to get to right. the ana- analyze Crux the of the issue. issue. And she said, well, one time we ran out of peanut butter because she loves peanut butter. And you thought it was a good idea to put Reese's pieces in and blend them up. And I was like, yeah. How could this be bad? And I was like, first, I, well, I was like, that's one data point that maybe didn't exactly shake out. But you're holding that against me for for all of for all of time, and that has uh, ruined me milkshake wise. So that hurt my feelings. And then, um, and then, 
And then she was like, let's just go to McDonald's. And then, then I was like, but we're boycotting McDonald's and Starbucks for Palestine reasons. Right. And then um, I was like, the best I could do for you is Wendy's. Um, <laughs> and then it still seems like uh, Wendy's, um, how do I say this? Isn't exactly giving their money to the best places. Um, but Well, the- Wendy's and McDonald's are owned by the same people. So yeah, yeah, no, uh, no, I know. I I, I explained, but, we'll, I explained but we do what start. we can. I said, I said, how about we go to Krausers? I'll buy you, I'll I, I'll buy you chocolate syrup. I'll buy you the type of ice cream you desire. We can work around this. We can help on a global scale. And uh, she wasn't willing to compromise in her in her in her uh, immunocompromised state. Hmm. So what you had most recently was the frosty. Or this this just ties into that story. Well, it does tie into that story, and I think technically, no, that that was my second to last meal, and then I had a bowl of pasta last night, and then I haven't eaten anything today. But I woke up. I had an I, my nose was really stuffy. Yeah, you woke up like fifty minutes ago or something like that. Yeah, after yeah, like right before noon, and I like blew my nose, and then like a bunch of like blood came out, and then that's horrible. I've, yeah, and then I've just been having a bloody nose for like. 10 minutes so the only thing i've eaten today is like the blood that has gone down into my throat um but yeah we have a movie podcast yeah that's pretty horrifying what's not horrifying is the intro Welcome back to Craft Services, where we talk about the movies. Each week we talk about a film, and hopefully have a crew member of that film to talk with us about their experience working on... Oh no, I'm, I'm blanking on the last two words. On the picture. Last week we had hair designer Carrie Warren, who worked on our film for this week, Stanley Kubrick's uh, final film, Eyes Wide Shut, as well as Mission Impossible 2, The Great Gatsby, Blade Runner, and Blade Runner 2049. Parth, how did uh, part one go? It was pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, I'd say it was pretty freaking awesome. And how's part two gonna go? Pretty freaking awesome. Uh, oh, even funner, fun, funnest. Yeah, if those were words. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. That this is he just continues talking about what movies he's worked on, and let's just say he's worked on a lot and a lot of cool ones, a lot of cool directors. Um. He talks about Nicole Kidman in this one. Yeah, who, yeah for whom we found out. like 14 out. movies or something like that? Yeah, I was like, oh, it seems like you worked with Nicole Kidman a second time. And he was like, I've actually done like 15 movies with Nicole yeah, Kidman. Yeah, I knew, I knew while you were going to say that. Like, as you were saying that, because when you were like, oh, it seems like you worked another time. I was like, I just know he hasn't seen on IMDb, like, the list of how many and as soon as you said that, I was just like, uh-oh, Trent's going to feel like an idiot pretty soon. No, um, no, he was nice. He didn't spike but he was, me he like was a nice vo- about it. He, he didn't yeah. spike me like a volleyball like he could have. Yes. Uh, well, he's a nice, nice British man. And uh, no, he was a really cool uh, guy. And um, I don't know if I want to say and... any more and just, and just cue into it.
obviously, uh, no need to name any names, but are there times where actors have a lot of uh, things about their look they aren't, aren't willing to change and you really have to work around that? Or like in their contract? Or I, I think the more successful the actor is, the easier they should work with, um, in my experience. Um, I've never really had big issues and I think it's, I mean, I think if you present the thing correctly and with sort of some respect to the actor as well, I think you can pre- you can get around situations. You know, there may be sort of colour alterations or things that you need to do. Then you can wig them and try with, you know, to see how it looks, you know, with colour changes and length changes and things like that. And you can always take them off if they don't look right. So uh, on IMDb, uh, you're credited as a future consultant on Back to the Future Part Two. Oh my um, god! <laughs> what 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 is that? <laughs> There's some scenes where they want to do futuristic on um, on Back to the Future, and um, I was working in New York at the time in the fashion industry. And I got called up, um, and I don't know who actually put me forward to for it, whether it was this, the uh, costume designer, Jonah Johnson. Um, I think it must have been. They wanted some sort of futuristic hair. I think it was meant to be. I even forget what year it was. Was it 2014 or something? It was going into it's the 2015. Yeah, 15. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I'm wondering, my memory's failing me. And... Um, so I thought there'd be a lot of more um, interracial people. So I thought, so I decided that most people would have sort of possibly darker hair in, on set. Um, and I was just, I wasn't, I wasn't allowed to go on set because I didn't have a union card. Um, so I had to design everything off set in a trailer and with wigs. And that were put on by the by by the the, the regular crew. Uh, another film that we wanted to ask you about that uh, I'm sure you know involves uh, an endless amount of hair and back and you know background uh, is Boslerman's The Great Gatsby. Uh, if oh, you yeah. have any anything you could say that comes to mind. Well, it was a great. I love the twenties. You know, so I mean, it was just one of one of those things we'd all I'd always delved into in the fashion industry, and then to get a chance to do the Great Gatsby with Baz, and Baz loves hair and makeup and costume, as you can tell. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, it was it was a great experience, um, and we. Um, I'm just trying to think of. I designed most of the looks, all the looks for the for the actors, and and all the background, and I personally cut about two hundred wigs for the background. We had a we had a great um, workshop about six weeks before filming, and we'd go in every day and and work on wigs and fittings and working with the fabulous Catherine Martin, doing costume, and um, coming up with ideas and and concepts, and um, 
wanted everybody to look like they're as close to the period as possible, but then push it a little bit further, just take it a little bit further than what they did in the 20s. So it would sort of have a little bit of relevance to contemporary as well, even though it was like tight head with finger waves and, and spit curls around the face, but again, trying to give it a little bit more of a street value rather than a just a sort of like just a classic BBC drama, so to speak. Right. So this is a question that I've always had that I didn't know I want I could answer until now. But what goes into making a good wig? A good wig maker. <laughs> okay. That, that's the key. And there's some brilliant wig makers um, out there. And um, but that's and it's not too much hair in them and the shading and the color, so you get a cross dimension of color. Um, so it's not a solid look. Um, basically, you need a really good wig maker, which I'm not. Do they give you like heads f- or wigs like full of hair that you can sort of cut down to the size oh, yes. and yeah, yeah, shape you, you need? Well, what you do is you do a mold of the actor's hair, head. So you have a wig made to fit precisely. It's like it's like couture gown. That's the closest I can explain. It's a sort of a pattern that goes onto the head, um, and then you then you you talk with color about with the director and the actors about what color you're going to go um, for. I have the wigs made, and then normally depending on whether you're going to go short or long, as how long you're going to have the hair. And then you cut it into the shape that you require. Uh, what material is the are the highest quality wigs made of? Is it real hair or human hair, oh, animal oh, hair? No, no, real hair. Real, real hair? hair, real hair. Yes, you can't you can't do much with synthetic, and it reads it bounces off the light as well, so it looks ultra shiny. Unless you want it to look really synthetic, then I've used synthetic in in films when it's meant to, when I want the character to look like they've got a shop bought wig on. Right. Well, spe- synthetic actually gives a good segue into the next movie I wanted to talk about, which is you also worked on Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yes, which is like an amazing, amazing movie. Um, could you talk about working on that and uh, working with Denis Villeneuve? Well, going into Blade Runner, I didn't watch, purposely didn't watch the original for many reasons. I didn't want to be inspired too much. I wanted to do Denise's version of Blade Runner rather than, you know, being too inspired by what Ridley had done. And because of the situation where it was set in sort of, you know, um, Los Angeles, but it was almost like a, um, like you could have been somewhere in Malaysia, somewhere, you know, sort of tropical and humid and and damp and and sort of post-apocalyptic. I wanted to have that sense, like some of the girls look like they're wearing wigs, but look like they could have got them out of the bin, you know, rather than too manicured or whatever. Do you tend to try, just like you said with Blade Runner, do you try to, like, sort of disregard any other movies in a franchise? Like, or do you, is there any 
uh, is there value to like watching it and trying to honor it, or are you always trying to do your own thing? You know, we, we had to honor honor in Blade Runner uh, twenty forty nine um, because of we had to duplicate the character, the replicant, and to make it look like um, Sean Sean Young again, and and so we had to do the hair, which was a, mine was a wig. Um, on a on a younger actress, um, so we had to we had to sort of study it and sort of dissect it by stills and see how it was done. So we get the so we get the look as close as possible. But thankfully, Sean was on set with us when we were doing those scenes, and she helped me with the hair. Um, and the last movie that I wanted to talk about. Uh, that you worked on was uh, Dogville and working with Lars von Trier. All right. Um, um, what was that like? Because he seems like a character. Uh, Very much so. It was like it's like having an office job for me. It was like we 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 shot in Sweden, and we shot from nine in the morning until five in the evening, and in the middle of winter in, in January. And was all on a on a sound stage, as as you as you would guess from the film. Um, but it's an old train warehouse that we were shooting in, and he had it mapped out like a rehearsal map, which I'm sure you're quite aware of if you've seen the movie. But Lance was great; he was sort of quite a character, um, and shot. You know, we couldn't go on set. He didn't want us really on set because he had about 35 cameras set up digitally in the ceiling and they'd do all the all the um, steady cam himself. Well, I, I'm, I'm looking at your IMDb and I just have one more movie I, I wanted to ask about real fast. It seems like um, in, in Margot at the wedding, you worked with Miss, uh, with Miss Nicole Kidman once again. You reunited. Is that true? Well, I've done I've done about twenty movies with Nicole. Oh, no. uh, I've done. Uh, no, 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 it's fine. I just designed the hair for that. I didn't do. I wasn't on set with her. How does it work? Uh, are has she like handpicked you to design yes, many, her looks? Many, many times. Um, for the others, which is one of my favorite movies, The Hours. Um. You don't want to hear the list. I'll bore you to death. <laughs> and and a lot of A-listers, I'm sure they develop relationships like the one, like that one where they just go back to the same person. Well, I think you, you trust start to trust someone and, you know, you understand the way they look and get a sense of what works for them. Um I did Cold Mountain with her. I, I, oh God, I can't remember how many. But um, I have my, a few of my favorites. My favorite one I did with her was Birth. I don't know whether you've ever seen that, Jonathan Glazier. No, I I know that. It's name, all set in it's all set in New York. Oh wait, yes, I've I we've, I've seen some of this in film school. Um, yeah. I just did not know the name. So, um, so sorry. So for a film like Margot, 
at the wedding where you're not on set and you're just designing the look beforehand. How are you just provided like the script or are you talking with the director? Or are you talking with the actor or I'm, yeah, I'm, what... talking, I'm basically talking with Nicole who is relaying it to the director. And then we decided to come up with a sort of like a, a nondescript sort of length of hair, not too blonde, not too dark, um, a bit of texture in. Not a high, not a high maintenance girl. You know, you you read your characters and to realize whether there would be a high maintenance woman or low maintenance, or a girl that has her hair done every day, a girl that doesn't have her hair done, maybe once a year. You know. Yeah. Um. So, just uh, we talked about a bunch of movies you've worked on previously. Um, is there a movie you're working on now or just finished working on that you could talk about? I just finished doing a TV drama with Julianne Moore called, nice. Mary, called Mary and George, which I think is coming out in next year. They're awesome. just doing all the promos now. Parth, do you think it's time for the Big Kahuna final question? I do. So our big kahuna final question that we like to ask all of our guests, and it's not nearly as stressful as it may sound, is um, what is the last great film that you watched as a viewer um, that you thought was great and not just good? Corsage. Wow. Uh, What is that? It's, it's, um, It's an Austrian movie. Call about um, Princess Elizabeth of, of of Austria. I thought the hair was brilliant. I'm I'm just talking about hair wise, of course, and the performance was fantastic, but the hair was beautiful. And I thought I wish I could have done something like that. Is there is there any movies where you like it but you don't like the hair, and that leaves you in a very conflicted space? I don't want to say say no, 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 not 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 working on, but yeah, maybe as a viewer. <laughs> yeah, for, yeah, for fair sometimes, enough. Sometimes, want... sometimes, sometimes the hair can throw. For me, if I'm watching a movie and it's a bad wig or bad something or put on badly, it can distract me, and I think I, I lose the plot. You know, I think because I'm busy looking at the hairline or or something or the back of the wig that doesn't fit or whatever. It can be disturbing. <laughs> um, well, Parth, should I, should I wrap us out? Yeah, please. Thank you so much to our guest, Carrie Warren, uh, Warren, who's worked on such incredible films as Mission Impossible 2, The Great Gatsby, Blade Runner 2049, and of course our film for today, Stanley Kubrick's final film, Eyes Wide Shut. Uh, thank you so much for being with here today. We really appreciate your time. Thank you. Wow. Whoa. Now that was an interview. Slow down, Parth. Oh. That that interview got a little out of hand there at the end, don't you think? Yeah. Sure. A little too much fun. Yeah. Um thank you so much to our guest, Carrie Warren, for sticking it out with us. Um 
He's he's a, a legend of the industry. That's um, true. And anyone involved, and and apparently he's the reason for Tom Cruise's long, luscious yep. locks in yep. Mission Impossible Two. And Trent knows how I feel how about much, those long, luscious how much to- those locks. Mean to you? Yeah. I mean, the amount of times I've put on MI2 and just there will be a slow motion shot and his hair's just and I'll I'll just literally go oh cuz it's just like so good. Um yeah. Then yeah. But so, so um, we have but, <laughs> Never mind, I was going to say something horrible and repulsive. What? But, say it. And then I was going to say then you start unbuckling your pants. Oh wow, yeah, that is horrible <laughs> and repulsive. <laughs> um but uh wow no um only the best for Carrie Warren um absolutely um but yeah thank you so much for coming on super cool guy make sure to go check out all his other work um and Trent what will we should, be discussing next week the, will it be our listeners be checking out our work no, ideally, theoretically, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and wherever you get your podcasts. And like, if you if you if you're there, like, I guess just like leave a good review for us. Spread spread listeners. Spread you know. the the good word this holiday season. But part, I mean, maybe it's obvious, but we have broken our own rules a little bit uh, in recent history. Um, but I think next week it's fair to say, or um, me getting my wisdom teeth out might fuck all this up, but. Our next episode will reasonably be an Eyes Wide Shut discussion. Uh, it'll either be that or a Looper discussion. Um, cool. So oh, it's yeah. going to be one of one of those two. Um, in fact, let me look at our because I, I I updated the um, the calendar. Yeah. So let's see. Yeah. So we need to do. Um, looper discussion. Mm. And as what and and our end of year discussion will actually fall on New Year's, oh, so yeah. yeah, so um, cool we stuff. Should, we cool should beans, do, yeah, cool beans part. Cool, cool, cool beans. Instead of like celebrating the the ringing of the new year with any friends or family, we should just do like twenty four hour live stream pod. Oh, talk- that sounds awesome. Trent, do you have any New Year's plans? Um. Last year, I went to um, fish at Madison Square Garden for New Year's. Mm. I thought um, you were saying, like, you went fishing. And I was like, that's interesting. No. Um, and I like fish, but on New Year's Eve, they do, like, three sets that are each, like, an hour and a half long. And then wow. they that sounds do, awesome. Like, yeah. And Trent learned that there's only so much weed you can smoke when the concert is what? five hours long. <laughs> wow trent learning there's only so much weed you can smoke is kind of that's a lesson i never thought we'd learn um but what are you doing for new year's um, uh it's uh, still it's still a little up in the air but i think sophia but, and her like roommates from college like some tcnj folks might be coming over you're invited if if you yeah, so I, desire I, I was just gonna say or i yeah perhaps we'll do that i should probably say you and the missus can come over I should probably stay close to home because the missus wasn't too happy. I was hanging out with Trey Anastasio last year. Trey Anastasio is the leader of the band. Who Jordan? Okay. Yeah. He's ju- he's just like a dude. He's just like a nice dude. And Jordan took one look at him, and she hates him. And she says, "Oh that he's wow. the, She says that he's the leader of the Cracker Rebellion. Wow. And, and she makes jokes about him 
like starting the race war and stuff. But it's just because wow. it's like a band of four white dudes just like jamming. Um, but I, she, yeah, I can't get her into it, dude. Story of my mm-hmm. life. But what we want the listeners to get into is our show. Um, Oh, not fish. No. Um, Craft services. Yes, yes, yes. Which Um, honestly could develop a similar cult touring all over the country. I thought you were going to say could start a similar race war given our um, dichotomy there. Um, Hmm. That was like Kermit Kermit the Kermit the Frog. Kermit the Frog here. Um, what I, you know, Parth, Parth, how I want to go out is if there's a race war, I'm on Kermit the Frog's side. <laughs> Wherever he ends up, I'm on his side. Wow. Um, and there you have Trent's opinions on the race war that's upcoming. Um, thank you to Carrie Warren. Yes. <laughs> Um, check us out next week for our, either Looper or Eyes Wide Shut. The end of this year has been a little crazy for both of us, I think. Um, uh, Parth's but trying I, to make a long movie and struggling. Trent's trying to make a short movie, struggling. Yeah, it's, um, it's just trying seems to make like... A pod, trying to make a podcast about long movies, struggling. Yeah. Um, but honestly, at this point, it's just vibes, no? Yes. I mean, at the end of the day, all we can do or provide vibes. Um, <laughs> but uh, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. We'll catch you on the flip side, no? Get, get you on the flippity flip.